بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الله وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علمك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين. We continue our discussion about divine justice based on a similar book, Divine Justice by Ayatollah Mutahari. We had a very important discussion last session, if you remember. And Ayatollah Mutahari mentioned at the very end that if someone does something moral with the intention of doing something good, he was not expecting any praise, he was not expecting anything in return, or for example, you know, to show off. He said such people it's possible that even if they don't have faith in dunya, they have the potential of being resurrected as faithful. So maybe they don't know, but they are faithful. And on the day of judgment, the realities will become obvious. And the last paragraph was this, بخير وعدل وإحسان از آن جهت که خیر وعدل وإحسان است so to love good justice benevolence because of themselves not because of anything else بدون هیچ شائبه چیز دیگر there is no mixture of other intentions نشانه است از علاقه و محبت ذات جمیل علل اطلاق It's a sign of loving that essence which is absolutely beautiful That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala علاهاذا بعید نیست که این گونه کسان واقعا و عملا در زمره اهل کفر محشور نگردند so it's not very unlikely that these people might not be resurrected as کفار although هرچند لسانن منکر شمرده میشوند although by their tongue they may not believe, they may not declare faith. They may even talk against it. But in reality, they are faithful. Wallahu a'lam. Of course, Allah knows better. So this was the last discussion we had. And it was a very important discussion. If you missed it, please listen again. Now the title is ایمان به نبوت و امامت That was about ایمان به خدا و آخرت If someone 
doesn't believe in God and the hereafter. Because to believe in God and the hereafter are very fundamental. Yeah? In the Quran, many times God says, Now, the question is about someone who believes in God and believes in the hereafter, but may not believe in the Prophet or in Imam. So either he's a non-Muslim believer or a non-Imami Muslim. Okay? So what about these people? What would be Allah's way of judging them and rewarding them? Ayatollah Mutahari says, <coughs> faith in messenger of God, believing in messenger of God, and imams can have two roles, two functions. One is that if you believe in the prophet or imam, it helps you in knowing God. So your knowledge of God would be restricted, even if you're a believer in God, if you don't believe in the prophet or divinely appointed guide and leader. The other thing is that your plan for life would be incompetence. Okay, for example, Prophet has come to show us how to pray, how to fast, how to go to Hajj, how to do homes, zakat. These are practical things. It's not about knowing God, which was the first point. It's having a very detailed plan for life. Manual, a detailed manual. So you may lack this. So a person who doesn't have faith in this code of law and these instruction, practical instructions, uh, is like a person who wants health but may know only some basic things and doesn't know all the details of how to get health, how to have healthy diet, healthy life and all these things. So, he says, we may say, a charitable Muslim, a benevolent Muslim, a good and kind Muslim, compared to someone who doesn't believe in the Prophet, they are like two ill people, who both of them go to doctor and they want to be treated, but one of them has a very clever doctor, very experienced, very knowledgeable, and gives him all the instructions. The other one doesn't have this doctor with this much, for example, knowledge. Okay? Or, for example, he has only one doctor, this one has a team of doctors. So, so he says it's like this. Ayatollah Mutahari says this. So, he says, based on what we have said in the last two chapters. 
we can say as a conclusion that all <coughs> non-Muslims are, are not the same. You cannot say, if you don't believe in Islam, it doesn't then make any difference. You are all the same. No. <coughs> Is this non-Muslim a believer in God and the hereafter or not? This is a question. Is this non-Muslim a person who does good things for their own sake, I mean for the sake of good <coughs> things, without expectation or not? These make big difference. If we have a non-Muslim who is very kind and caring and sympathetic to the you know, oppressed people or weak people, poor people, people who are in need, even if he's not non-Muslim, even if he's a non-believer in God, it makes a big difference. So there are different factors that we have to observe. But for sure, those who believe in God and the hereafter and do good things, they are very close to the ideal situation. And this is why the Quran invites the people of the book in the way that the Quran doesn't invite mushrikeen. Because these are the people that have faith in God the hereafter and do good things. So the Quran has a special treatment for them. It's not like atheists or polytheists. And even, of course, atheists who are kind and charitable, not, they're not like other atheists. So everything is taken into account. Yes. According to the Quran, is it possible for a human being to really do something for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? For example, if I see an orphan and I feel sorry for that orphan, <coughs> if I'm helping the orphan, still I'm helping myself because I've got that greed within me. I want to get rid of that skin. We discussed this in uh, Akhlaq. Yeah, I, I can recall some, but I'm not yeah. 100% sure. Yeah, so I said uh, most of Muslim ethicists, they believe that self-love, is the root of all our actions. Even when you sacrifice, when you offer your life, they say it's because of you want something good for yourself. Even you worship God because you know worshiping God is good for yourself. But I said there is another opinion, and I myself believe in another opinion, and that is self-love is there, but I said it's possible that we do things because they are good, not because they are good for us, although they would benefit us. And we had this uh, discussion, for example, like mistakes, like, uh, for example, mothers who they do things naturally and they don't think that you know if i don't look after my child i would feel bad so in order not to feel bad you know i look after my child they don't do these calculations so it's a big discussion very big discussion okay the next issue is whether 
disbelief or rejection of the truth can harm your good actions? It's a very important question. Because some people say good action, you know, remember we said some people say good action is good action no matter who is doing it. For example, even if Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab do good action, it's good action. <coughs> he said, yes, husn fa'li is something. Husn <coughs> fa'li is something. Else. And for an action to be moral, we need both husn fa'li and husn fa'li. Goodness of action, goodness, goodness of agent, the doer. And there are issues in the doer, in the agent, in fa'il, that can actually damage the goodness of action. For example, very simple, if your intention is to show off, even if you give money, your money, not someone else's money, your money, halal money, you give to a needy person who is really needy, but to show off. So, is this action good or not? It has husna fa'li. Yeah, the action is good. But that insincere intention makes it immoral. Okay? Is it clear or not? So, don't be surprised if some conditions of the agent, especially his enmity with the truth, rejection of the truth, might damage the moral status of the action. Therefore, we want to discuss this issue. For example, First, let's start with something that can apply to all, even believers. Quran says in Surah Baqarah, verse 264, O oh, those who believe, don't <coughs> make your sadaqat void. by obliging people and annoying them. You know, if you keep reminding people that you have done this for them and or you annoy them, mention this in front of other people, you know, damaging their honor and dignity. So your sadaqah, even if you are a mu'min, your sadaqah becomes useless. Or example that you gave, for example, um, you know, you, you give charity, but your intention is to show off. Yeah. So here, it's talking about, um, you know, your, your amal becoming void. But does it really become void completely? Even though that person, okay, you've given charity, that person, you know, is, he's helped. Whatever intention you had, he's helped. So do you not get any reward for it because you had the wrong intention? Yeah. Why? 
Actually, not only you will not get reward, you will go one step backward. Because you are uh, damaging your relation with God when you show off. Like for example, Salat. Salat is very good. If you do Salat for showing off, it's worse than not uh, saying Salat. Yeah? Someone does a, a Salatul Layl to re, do Riyadh. Recite Quran Riyadh. Feed people Riyadh. So, if you do anything Riyadh and, means you are associating partner to God. So it makes it uh, worse than not doing. Even if people benefit from it. Even people benefit. Yes. For example, a scholar to show off, he teaches. Yes. Or he gives lectures. Yes. So in my thing, okay, he's for him. It's not good for the yes. thousands of people are benefiting from yes. this thing. Yes. Sometimes a, a scholar can be punished, but his listeners can be rewarded. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. Yeah. And we have at least that uh, one of the people who have one group of people who have worse condition in hell. And the hadith says people are annoyed by their bad smell are ulama that did not practice what they knew and they taught other people. And one of also people who have great loss are ulama who see those who listen to them, they have become very good, but they didn't practice. So it's not enough that people benefit from it. You also should do it with good intention. Yes. If my ears like from Brother Asama, he said, if, uh, isn't it something that if somebody has benefited from what you've done, mm. even though your intention was to react, but your intention was to teach as well, isn't it something mentioned like, Whatever good that person gains or does, you also get a part of the hustle. If your intention was Riyadh, yeah. no. no. You don't get anything. Anything. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Hadith says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to do those who do Riyadh, Ana khayru sharik. I am the best partner. If you do something for me and another person, another cause, I give everything to that partner. So you go and take rewards from that partner. It's, it's very difficult to get rid of it, but uh, not, it's not necessary. If it was not necessary, it would not be asked. But it's very difficult. This is why it says it's like a black ant moving on a black rock in a dark night. Yeah, it's very difficult. But it's possible. We have to work. But what is important is that at the same time that we try to refine our intention and make it more sincere, we should not stop doing good things. Because this can be also a tactic of shaitan. For example, you say, 
if I teach, I'm not sure my intention is good, so I don't teach. Mm -hmm. Then little by little, shaitan and your laziness stop you. So you have to teach people who need and at the same time work on your intentions. You have to feed hungry people and at the same time work on your intention. Not that you don't feed and you say, I'm working on my intention. Actually, the fact that you are concerned and then you are doing something good, this helps. You know? So if I go to Tabligh, if I teach, and I am a person, I'm not sure about my niya, but I am trying. Then people benefit from my lecture, they pray, you know, then Allah can help me more. You understand? Yes. This example for the issue who said there is no benefit of all of He, uh, his action is good, yes, but his intention. Yeah, there are different groups of people, and the Quran refers to that. So sometimes they are kuffar, sometimes they are believers who are not sincere, sometimes they are munafiq. Yes, in any case, we need goodness of action and goodness of doer. doer. And goodness of doer depends on many things. One is intention. Hasad. Jealousy is another thing that can damage. Like lack of sincerity, like uh, annoying the people that you help them with charity. Sorry. In the same way that fire can burn wood, hasad, jealousy, burns good deeds. Means can really damage them. Another thing which is very important is and may Allah protect us from this, and we should work hard on this. And this is something that can be found even in believers. Is to have juhud, to resist against the truth. So even if the truth is known, they don't accept. Ayatollah Mutahari mentions a hadith from Amirul Mu'minin Salam. Al-Islam huwa taslim. Islam means to submit yourself. To what? Only to principles of religion? No. You have to submit yourself to any truth that is known. Of course, even it's not enough to accept the truth when it is known. Actually, you have to search for the truth. Yeah? So, a mu'min should not only accept the truth. A mu'min should also be restless 
till he or she finds the truth. Ayatollah Mutahari says, Abu Jahl is an example. And God knows how many Abu Jahl we have <laughs> everywhere. So Abu Jahl knew that the Prophet was honest. But the problem was Juhud. Yeah? They didn't want to admit. Sometimes there were people, you know, in Surah Anfal, verse 32, Allah says, there were people that were saying, if what a messenger says it's right, so it's better if God sends a rain of stones and rock from the sky, and destroy us or bring us punishment and destroy us so you know it's good to say for example show us a miracle but what does it mean that if you are right you know send a sky from a sky stones to kill us Mojiza is not to kill Mojiza is to guide but these people were so uh, resistant and against the truth that they said if you are right kill us <laughs> so it means that they preferred dying over believing and accepting. Yeah? Then Ayatollah Mutahari says sometimes this happens to maybe experts, to scholars, to students. For example, you see a very famous doctor may make a mistake in identifying the problem. Then a young doctor says, I think this is the problem. Is this very established, famous doctor able to accept and say, yes, you are right, I've made a mistake. Very it's very difficult. Some people don't accept. And they may change their prescription, but they may not accept that they made a mistake. And some people may not even change their prescription and insist and the patient is killed because they don't want to say, I made a mistake. You know, it can reach that point that you can cause death of people because you don't want to accept you made me say or you don't want to ask questions you don't want to inquire you don't want to take for example it's bad if i seek a second opinion yeah or for example it can happen for even talabe when you have mubahitha you know you see your friend is saying something good you don't want to accept because you want to say, I know better, or I didn't make mistake. So he corrects you. Mumbaisa is also a good practice for getting rid of your ego. By accepting what your friend says, if he's right. And accepting your mistakes, learning from each other. Then 
he mentions a hadith from Imam Baqir in Kafi volume 2, page 387. There is a hadith Muhammad ibn Muslim narrates from Imam Baqir. Please look at this beautiful hadith with beautiful explanation of Ayatollah Muttahari. Maybe before today, you were understanding this hadith another way. What is Iman? Just to believe in God and Quran? Anything which is result of submitting yourself to the truth, acknowledging the truth is Iman. And anything which is caused by rebellion against the truth, rejecting the truth, this is kufr. So if another scholar says something and I don't accept, if another student says something, if my husband, my wife, my friend, my colleague, my neighbor, even if my enemy says something true and I don't accept, this is kof. Because you shouldn't look at who says, you should look at what is said. Yeah? Truth has its own value. You find the truth. If you find truth, written on gold or paper truth is truth of course it's better to present you know present it in a nice way but suppose it's presented not in a nice way or a bad person says if you are a rational person you just concentrate on the truth not on other factors yeah but unfortunately, many of us, we don't accept the truth unless if it comes from, for example, a friend or from a person who doesn't cause any challenge to me. You know, we have to be very comfortable so that we accept the truth. But the comfort comes with accepting the truth, not with the environment or other issues. It's a beautiful hadith. This is why I say if there is an issue between two people, yeah, brother and sister, two brothers, husband and wife, whatever, if they don't accept the truth and they insist on their own ideas, this is a branch of kufr. Then he makes, yes. Sometimes the people who don't accept the truth don't realize they're not, don't realize that that is the truth that they need to follow. Yes. So That's a problem. Yes. You know, uh, uh, there are people, and I really envy people like this, that 
as soon as they realize what is right, they accept it. You know, we always, I think, uh, I'm sorry that I say we, uh, but I'm talking about myself. Normally, when we find something is true, we make a second calculation. What would cost me if this is true? <laughs> you know? And if it looks bad that I didn't know this truth, or, you know, I had made mistake, or, you know, so I may keep it quiet, or, you know, do it in the way that... I'm not saying you should always tell the truth, because sometimes there are etiquettes for how to be truthful. Truthful doesn't mean to tell the truth in front of everyone, everywhere, you know, that's uh, uh, what we discuss in Akhlaq. But I'm saying that at least in your heart, you must be very, very comfortable in accepting the truth. Yeah, maybe sometimes there are secrets that we should not tell people. <coughs> yeah, there are confidential issues, like a doctor, you know. You don't say everything to everyone. But what I'm saying is, you should be very acceptable, uh, very comfortable in accepting the truth. There is a beautiful uh, story, you might have heard this story, about how an alim should be accepting the truth and welcoming the truth. It's very difficult. There was an ayatollah in Najaf. Ayatollah said, Hussein Ku Kamari. And he was teaching Darse Kharaj. So it was just a level before becoming Marja. Because that's the highest level of teaching. You teach Darse Kharaj. Very advanced. And one day, he was going from somewhere uh, and it was early. Ayatollah Mutasa, for example, he had half an hour. And he thought if he goes home and go back, he would be late. So he said, today let me go half an hour earlier and sit there till the students come. Okay? And inshallah, after hearing this, you always try to be half an hour early. Because your life can change in life of the community. <laughs> Yeah, even a student can benefit. So, when he went earlier, he saw there is a sheikh <coughs> whose uh, appearance is not also very uh, special because he was very poor and also he had illness in his eyes. And he's sitting with just few talabe. And he was you know, hearing what they say. The guy was public. So he was very interested in what that sheikh was teaching his talibah. So again, the next day he went earlier. And then the next day he went earlier. So after a few days, <coughs> he realized that this was not an accident. Because, you know, it's once, you know, maybe someone says something nice. But he realized that his uh, lectures are of another level. And that sheikh also with his students were remaining to listen to him. Okay, so it was like one of his students. Because in Hose, sometimes, you know, uh, a marja 
or someone, for example, who is Mujtahid can sit in the, another Marja lecture, like Imam Khomeini used to sit in the lectures of Ayatollah Burujerti, uh, and at that time he was also himself a Mujtahid. Okay? And sometimes, in this case, maybe the one who is sitting in some aspects or all aspects is even knowledgeable, more knowledgeable. Anyway, so after a few days, he told all students that from now on, this sheikh <coughs> is going to teach. That unknown sheikh was poor and he said, he is going to teach because his knowledge is more than me. And Ayatollah Mutai says, to say this, especially someone that was just before becoming Marja, which is very high level, you know? So he said, it's like between zero and infinite. When you are not a Marja, you have not that much, uh, you know, influence. When you are Marja, you have respect, you have influence. So if you are after dunya, of course, Marja doesn't think about dunya, but someone who is after dunya looks at a great privilege to become Marja. But this person was a real sincere alim, a real sincere teacher, a good teacher, would not deprive his students when there is someone better to teach them. Yeah? So, this is Iman. You acknowledge the truth and give your chair of teaching to someone else. Sheikh that we were referring to the other Sheikh was Sheikh Ansari. Sheikh Ansari, Rahmatullah alayhi, who was from Shushta and had just gone back to Najaf after many years traveling in Mashhad, Isfahan, Kashan, especially benefiting from Mullah Ahmad al-Naraqi in Kashan, you know, Jama al-Sa'adat was, was also a great faqih. So, Sheikh Ansari was himself also very intelligent, very creative. He had uh, great teachers and you know that then Sheikh Ansari became the master <coughs> and he was given the title of Ustazul Mutaakhirin. He was the teacher, the master of the uh, later generation. So he says, Ayatollah Mutahari says, when someone has this condition of accepting the truth, he is one of those people that Allah says, Aslama wajahahu lillah. He has submitted his faith to God. You know, Quran uses this expression several times. For example, Waman ahsanu deenan. aslama wajahahu. Who is better in his religion than someone who submits his faith to God? So, this is very important. 
On the other hand, Quran says, مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ أَعْمَالُهُمْ كَرَمَادٍ اشْتَدَّدْ بِهِ الرِّيحِ فِي يَوْمٍ عَاصِفٍ Those who reject their Lord. Not reject in the sense of they are still studying, they are open to accept when they find the truth. These are rejecting deliberately. Yeah? They are insistent on rejecting. Their actions are like ashes in a stormy day when winds come, no ashes will remain. This is their action. So, Ayatollah Mutahari says, a person like pastor, of course he says we don't judge about any person, but imagine a person like that. We know that he has offered humanity with some treatment, yeah? But we cannot still judge, we say, he will, for example, be rewarded or not rewarded, or because he's not a Muslim, we say he will not be rewarded. Maybe he will be rewarded a lot. What is his condition with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We don't know. If he was a sincere person who wanted to help people sincerely without expectation, if he was a person that in other fields also was accepting the truth, yeah? Certainly, Allah would take all that into account. So you cannot just say, tell me what did he believe, and I tell you, or what did he do, and I tell you what would be his position. Yes. And then he mentions the example of uh, not being uh, sensitive to truth and justice. He says, another problem that can damage your actions is to be indifferent to truth. Like people of Kufa in the time of Imam Hussein although they knew the truth, but they didn't support Imam Okay? And Lady Zainab when talked to the people of Kufa, said, Ya Ahlal Kufa, O oh, people of Kufa, who are people of deception and who lack loyalty. Then at the end, she mentioned this point. Your example is like the example of an old lady who used to make thread from cotton and then again putting back. So she was not able to make anything. So this shows that you can make good actions, but then if you are indifferent to truth and justice, your actions can be damaged. Or ojb, self-admiration, is another problem that can affect good actions. Man yeah? If you start admiring yourself more than what is balance and reality, it's a problem. If you think your good things come from you independently, or things like that. 
Another problem is Riya, showing off, lack of sincerity. For example, there is a hadith that sometimes a person does something good and his action is in very high position, in aliyin. But then he comes and tells this to other people. The action comes down. Then he comes and tells other people, it comes down. <coughs> then the third time he mentions, then it becomes even bad action. It's very, very difficult to understand where to say, you know, sometimes we have to say good things to encourage other people or, you know, to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But sometimes, uh, so it's very difficult. My humble advice is that uh, at least some of the good actions keep it always secret and never mention it, even if you think it's going to encourage other people. <laughs> at least certain actions keep them in safe. Uh, no one knows. <laughs> because it's risky to mention everything and say, you know, I am very careful about my intention. Yes? Is it possible that There are very, uh, you know, fine borders. We have to be careful. We have to be very much dignified and have dignity, sense of honor. It's very important, but it shouldn't lead to negative pride or self-admiration. You have to be very careful. Imam Bagr said, to continue and remain with the positive effect of action is more difficult than initiating an action. The narrator said, what do you mean by you know remaining and continuing your action? <coughs> Imam Ali Salam said with examples. Yasalur Rajul Bisalatin Wayun Fiku Nafakatan Lillah Wahtahu La Sharikala Fatuktabulahu Sarran. Sometimes a person does something sincerely. Okay? For example, does nafaka, you know, sadirahim, whatever, sincerely. And it will be registered as a good action which is done secretly. Then he mentions to people, then it's registered as something which is done publicly. Then again he mentions this will be registered as something which is done to show off. So it's not only necessary to have sincerity at the beginning, 
it's also important to have sincerity at the end. Many times, actually, we damage it later. We do something, and then later we start mentioning, and you know, it's very difficult. Okay. The next part that, inshallah, we can leave it for next session is not about good actions of non-Muslims or non-believers. It's about sins and bad actions. What happens to Shia, non-Shia Muslims, or non-Muslims, or non-believers, you know, when they commit sins and they disobey. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alam.